welcome your neighbor to church and say, neighbor, you're welcome. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, before I go into the service, I want to appreciate the... It's, it's interesting. My wife is not here yet, of course. Where is she? All right. Okay. To the children's place. All right. Um, I will want... Please, can I get our attention? Mrs. Ad, Pastor Mrs. Adewale. No, that's not my wife. I know my wife. I, I know my wife. Praise the Lord. Uh, please, can you come around? Have you met someone as gorgeous? Please celebrate my wife. Amen. Amen. And now, she's just a reference to the person I really want to introduce. My fourth father-in-law is here today. When I meet my first father-in-law, he was the one that approved of it first before I met the actual father-in-law. So you may see we don't see gray hair, but man, the man paved the way and made it easy for me. I mean, he's been a brother in every sense of a brother to my wife, even to me. And then, um, those who have met him one-on-one -on -one actually can testify of this. It's great. He's young, vibrant. Um, he has a family. And they are based in the UK now. He's in Nigeria to worship with us before he also returns to the UK. Um, he's a CEO also of a very flourishing um, business in Nigeria. So when I introduce him, please, you will help me and appreciate the man who made it easy for me to marry Pastor Ige. Please celebrate <laughs> Mr. Shitu. Please, church, celebrate. So, when I say first, my first father-in-law, you know what I mean. So, amen. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. Be nice to people. The person that will open the door may not be the actual person you want to go and meet. But if they don't open the door, you'll be... And the day I went, I just went one casual guy like that. He could have just said, no, this is a red flag. How uh, can, can he be a pastor with that kind of look? Of course, it was a convivial evening, and then today here we are. Please celebrate him again. Celebrate him. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Madam, you can go on to your assignment. Can we bow our heads in prayer? Father, we thank you. Uh, we celebrate you, God of glory, for that which you have done for us. You have been good to us, and we appreciate it. We thank you, Alpha, your brothers, what you are doing in our midst, your spirit with us. Glory be to your name. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Last week, we began to look at a very important subject matter. And it borders on love and relationship. And everybody is implicated by this subject because it's either we are in marriage or we are thinking of getting married. However, we are thinking of relationship, especially for the women who were created to be relational by design. So the subject implicates all of us in a way or the other. We want to be in a relationship. And I began to establish this relationship not just in the context of marriage, but also in the context of human, relating with another human. And I was establishing the fact that the Bible says God blessed them and then said be fruitful and multiply. So the first time God will bless mankind, he blessed them, he did not bless him. Meaning that the blessings of God comes upon a community, a people who are in relationship. So if anybody is enjoying the blessing of God, you can see the blessing of God upon the person's life. And you can see this person is blessed by virtue of the things the person is getting done. If you take a further research, into the person's life, you will find out that God at one point had brought people, an individual into the person's life for you to see that blessing. So if you're going to see God's blessing in your life, what God will do first is to bring you into relationships. Now, this relationship does not have to necessarily translate into marriage. However, God will bless in community. 
the Bible says how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the oil upon Aaron. When Jesus wanted to feed the 5,000, he said, make them sit in, in groups. In 50s and 100, they sat down. So God will bless us in communities like that. And if God will bless a rich man, God will change the status of a rich man. What God will do is not to, I mean, a poor man rather, is not to give the poor man money. He will give the poor man relationship. Now, it may have to be the, pers the poor man's talents or giftings that will break that happen, make that happen. But what God will give to the poor man is to change his circle. Because prosperity moves in circle. If you are not within that circle, you can be living on the island or living in Abuja and still not prosper. I have one of my boys who went to Abuja with a bit to connect with the big boys. And he told me, Pastor, you've not seen dingy areas and, you know, slum in Lagos as it is in Abuja. And he began to mention some, say there are people in Abuja that you still have to feed. They left Lagos going to Abuja and today they are still struggling. So you can be where money is and money is not getting to you because money is in circles. There are a group of people that may not want to bring you into their circle. So what God would do is to force you by way of maybe giftings or your hard work or being diligent at your work or skill that you have to bring you into that kind of relationship so that it would allow the money to come because money flows as current to also flow in your direction. The Bible said he took the poor out of the dung hill and set him among the princes of the people. So he did not take the poor and give him money so that he can be accepted. No. He took the poor and set him there because he knew that if the poor is not well set among the princes of his people, value money at that level will not reach the poor person. So God is always wanting to bring us into relationship and one of the ways he does is is to give us certain giftings and talents or ask us to even take a course. I remember when my sister was finding it difficult to get a life partner because every guy you know, she met was actually acting up in a way or the other. She decided to take her MBA course and there she met her husband. Today they are married for years. So sometimes it might be a course. Sometimes it might be a new career. I have found out that relationships many times is always locking around career patterns. For instance now, the day you decide to be a tech person, you're going to come into contact with people who are techie. Did they decide to be um, an athlete? You're going to start having relationships. So sometimes you are where you are, not being able to break into another relationship or kind of relationship that you desire because of your career path. You may have to change your career path or tweak it a little or take a course. In some cases, God would have to change your residence to be able to bring you into that kind of relationship. So the Bible says God takes the poor out of the dunghill and set him among the princes of his people. A man like Daniel, he came in as a slave, but God set him among the princes of the people. He became a, you know, a prince in, ba in, in um, Babylon. A man like Joseph from the prison. God didn't give him money in the prison. He gave him giftings. He gave him talent. And by that talent, God knew that if he's diligent in this talent, I will break him into the circle where the money of Egypt will flow. Eventually, Joseph became the one who was controlling the resources. Why? God brought him into that, you know, um, kind of network. So God will want to bring you to kind of network and we have to be sensitive. So relationship is very important in our life and we must always cherish it and believe that God actually increases our network. See, I'm not saying depend on people. That is not what I'm saying. But God will bring people your way. What would you do with them? Even the people that blessed Abraham, they came in form of men and eventually Abraham found out that they were gods. So sometimes God would even come to you but it would definitely come in form of men and it will walk by thinking maybe you're going to do something about it. But for many of us, many times we do nothing about it and we lose value when we keep losing relationships. Is somebody still, still with me this morning? So, but for the purpose of this um, study, which we began last week, we began to look into the love relationship and we said a three-foot cord cannot be easily broken, meaning that God brings you into a love relationship and God being, you understand, the anchor of that relationship. And we looked at relationship that love creates an environment. A love relationship, a marital relationship, love in itself will create the atmosphere. It is that atmosphere that will determine if that marriage will succeed or not. I have found out that even in my little experience getting married, that atmosphere matters a lot. So I try as much as possible to make sure the atmosphere in my house is such that it's peaceful, is such that has joy in it. Is such that it's serene. I am particular about the atmosphere because once you can get the atmosphere right, you're going to get every other thing right. Because we are created to function based on the environment that we stay in. If you take man away from Earth and you take him to Mars, you have taken him to time and space perhaps, but because you have changed the atmosphere that is not consistent with his makeup, 
what would happen with man is that man will eventually die if he cannot absorb as much you know oxygen that is required so atmosphere matters so when you get married or you are in a relationship the kind of atmosphere that you create every time both of you come together will determine a lot do you know that people can hurt each other but if they are in a atmosphere of forgiveness they will forgive each other easily meanwhile the same offense can crack some other relationships other marriages the same offense that is why the Bible says that a soft answer will turn away wrath. Meaning that it's an atmosphere thing. Somebody is coming with anger. Anger that could crack and destroy the entire relationship. And the other person just comes to create another atmosphere and say, oh, maybe no, I'm sorry. And that thing immediately turns away the wrath. And you find that the house or the relationship or that moment being preserved because somebody decided to create an atmosphere that would allow God himself to flourish. We talked about the presence of God. That is an atmosphere. And in the presence of God, the Bible says there is fullness of joy and, you know, uh, uh, pleasures forevermore. So meaning that outside the presence of God, you may not have pleasures forevermore. You may not have the fullness. You are not even going to have the fullness of joy. So atmosphere is everything in relationship. When you pick a call to call your spouse or you want to talk to your wife or talk to your fiancé or fiance, whoever the person is, your words can create atmosphere. Your attitude can create atmosphere. In a moment, two people can be happily, you know, talking, and suddenly somebody just pick an offense, and the other person feed on it, and eventually everything becomes toxic, becomes angry, and the next thing, I'm not interested, I'm not interested. I mean, that's just an atmosphere. People make decisions based on the atmosphere that is created. So I have discovered that I may not be perfect, may not know all that I need to do in marriage, in my home, but I know one thing that am I creating an atmosphere that is consistent with the Spirit of God to flourish? Because if it's not an atmosphere of joy, the Spirit of God can't flourish there. And when the Spirit of God cannot flourish in an atmosphere that is without joy, you're not going to have counsel. Because it is with joy you will draw out water out of the well of salvation. You're going to draw counsel from the Lord. Only when you have an atmosphere that is consistent with the character of God and the person of God. And we now went to say that this atmosphere, atmosphere is maintained. The way you maintain this environment. This place is not just well arranged because it's arranged itself. Every object in physics is said, assume a state of rest until the relevant force you know, applies on it to act otherwise or stays in status quo. So meaning that if you leave things to be by itself, it will not definitely work. As a matter of fact, the way nature actually designed life is such that anything left to itself will destroy. The Bible said the house through idleness drops through, meaning that it becomes cracky and then eventually gets destroyed. So if you get married, the very first week of your marriage or the moment for the most part, I'm not talking about exceptional cases, people will fight even from the wedding night. I'm talking about the average in relationship. There's going to be this joy in the house. That joy in the house is because a bride had been taken. That's a dream had been realized. That atmosphere will soon fizz you away when the wife is no longer new, when the groom is no longer new. However, you can see sustained joy. Your job is to sustain joy in your relationship, sustain peace, sustain you know, an atmosphere where there will be respect. There are people that will respect you under certain conditions. Under some conditions, they will not respect you. It is the atmosphere. They just get angry and then they just tell you and call your bluff. Meanwhile, under certain atmosphere, they act otherwise. For instance, now, many of us, maybe while we're coming here, we're just, you know, sluggishly wandering, like, you know, here and there, moving, and some even slittering, like, you know, snake and move. But the moment you, can, you enter the church auditorium, you begin to adjust yourself. That's atmosphere. Atmosphere conditions us. So if you want your marriage, if you want to grow your relationship, your love relationship, atmosphere matters. At times I may want to get angry and I know that if I say this thing to my wife, <laughs> a different toxic atmosphere will be created. I just be told it. It is not about her, it's about the atmosphere first. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Sometimes you are fighting your partner. Meanwhile, both of you are under very hot temperature. Now all of us are here now and everything seems cool. Turn off the AC and let the atmosphere change. You will discover that all of us in attitude will change. Some will start finding themselves, some will start sweating, some will become uncomfortable, they walk up and down, some will go to the toilet several times. The difference is just to alter the atmosphere, the attitude, and the experience of every other person here will be altered. So your marriage, your relationship, you must think first of the atmosphere that you are creating. The atmosphere matters. So how do you maintain this atmosphere? We mentioned last week about commitment. That commitment helps you to maintain the atmosphere. For instance, now, because you are committed to love, you will not always have the feeling to love your spouse. 
I mean, I, I, I made reference to feelings because feelings come and go depending on what you are thinking. What you are thinking is reflective in your feeling, reflected in your feelings. Now, because you are committed to do certain, you know, works of love, you know, wake up in the morning, say, honey, good morning, and then you do the chores when you have to do the chores, you trash the can, you do basic things, and the person talks to you, and you answer. Commitment, when, when you run your life by commitment, by the principle of commitment to maintain an atmosphere, your wife may not really know what you're actually going through, as it were. But yet, she asked a question, you said, okay, it's, it's fine. She may not get all the vibe, but you are still very good at home. You're managing it. And maybe after a while, maybe the, the feeling you have is a result of a contract that is not working. And yet, because you are committed to maintain sanity within your home, you are not transferring the aggression of your business life, of some other thing you picked on Instagram, transferring on your relationship, you are maintaining commitment to do certain things that you ought to do, is the reason they say love is work, is action, is, is an action word. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So the person wakes up in the morning, you do the same thing, you take care of the person. Now, when your feeling, proper feeling is restored, your partner will still not know. You understand? And because it can happen in minutes, it can happen in seconds. Especially women, all of you that have mood swing, if you don't learn how to apply the principle of commitment, your mood will swing you out of your home. It can even take the man. The moment you come, because man naturally like peace. Man, even the even the devil like peace. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So we mentioned commitment, then we talked about forbearance, tolerating the other person. The person does something, don't always speak your mind. Now, forbearing one another in love, that's what the Bible teaches us to do. And I told us that forbearing is actually refraining from exercising your legal right. If somebody owes you money and you want to collect the money and you refrain from it, that's forbearance. You must learn to tolerate. If you don't learn to tolerate, you will create an atmosphere of chaos. So let's move on to today's, um, the other um, principles that will apply to maintain a, a possible atmosphere. Let me read first from 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 27 to 28. Please, I'll be very fast. You can get the message after the service. Second, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 27 to 28. Are thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Are thou loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife. But, and if thou marry, thou hast not seen. And if a virgin marry, she hath not seen. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. Now, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. He said, because of the severe pressure we are in, I recommend that you remain as you are. If you are married, stay married. If you are single, don't rush into marriage. But if you get married, you haven't seen. It is just that I will want to spare you of the problems you will face with the extra challenges of being married. I mean, did you read that in your Bible, that there will be trouble in the flesh when you get married? Your idea of marriage is based on what, what God said in Ecclesiastes, that two are better than one, and it was not an exclusive reference to marital relationship. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It's talking about two people coming together, a couple of people coming together to achieve a goal. So, but we have adopted that, and every time we say two are better than one. It depends on the kind of two people coming together, because you and I know 1,000 Naira is still not as valuable as some other currencies where they have one head in their currency. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So here he says that there are a lot of challenges around now. He said, see, let me tell you, I would advise that you stay single. And if you're married, not sin. If you want to marry, go ahead. But let me tell you, when you marry, you're going to have troubles in your flesh. And every time the Bible makes reference to trouble in flesh, it means that you're going to have adverse situation, challenging situation, situation that will threaten your peace. So getting married is not all about the happy, happy, dancing, dancing, dancing. When you enter there, you discover that the happy, happy is for the wedding night or wedding day. The remaining is work. The remaining is what? Work. Since the day God created man and woman together, since that day God continued work. Before he made, made man and woman together, the Bible says he finished his work. But the day he created man and woman, he continued his work. Jesus said, my father still work and I work. Apparently, the Bible said he finished his work. But why is he working, man and woman? So don't, don't say that when you have gotten married, I mean, you have had it all together, you know, my life is going to be peace. When I wake up, I will just be flying on the wings of my husband. Hallelujah. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Your temptation will not cease. It will increase. Your responsibility will increase. You will now have somebody entering into your space and, and frustrating you. You wake up in the morning, the way your life had been arranged, somebody comes to alter it. You don't arrange your bed like this. Somebody comes to alter it. Somebody, the person you want to get married is coming to alter your life. So if you're not ready for compromise, if you're not ready for commitment, for tolerance, I'm telling you, you're going to have a lot of trouble. You're going to have a lot of trouble. Divorce cases 
Research has found out that after years of divorce, the couple had told themselves that if they had actually worked a little at it, they would have made it work. I'm not even talking about abusive where somebody is beating somebody. Basic. You don't somebody in this Nigeria now, you don't need somebody to beat you for people to work out of a relationship. Even because your husband could not pay Nepal be for six months, you have worked out. Because I can't continue with this man now. I can't continue with this man. All of you that want to marry a man because he has money. It's good to set that kind of standard. But once your standard is attached to money, somebody can pay for it. An abuser can pay for it. The Bible says, if I find a virtuous woman, it says, our price is more than rubies. Your standards should be attached to price that are intangible. A man that would respect, a man that would value you. Because if it's money, some people have money, they even pay dogs to sleep with people and they still pay. If you attach your standard to money, somebody is willing to pay. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? Because these days now, some people even say, when you want to ask, when you want to, your wife to forgive you, send money. I mean, credit a lot. There are people who have bigger a lot. That when he hits your wife for it to be bunk, bow. She will just walk out of your relationship just immediately. If a lad is what you used to maintain. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying that you should not look at the brother in the church who does not have a job, who is a lover, who has not, he's not even serving in the church. He has no dream, no vision, no talent. He's working on nothing. And the pastor said, it is not money. It is not money. It is love. I did not say that. Please, that's a disclaimer. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So please, open your eyes. Look at the neighbor said, open your eyes. So, what, how do we maintain our atmosphere? Another point, which is number three, is to give to one another. Look at your neighbor, they give to one another. Love is about giving and forgiving. Meaning you give now and you give in advance. Everything around it is about giving. The Bible says that love is not selfish. Love is not quick-tempered. It does not keep record of wrong that others do. If you are not ready to forgive your, if you don't forgive your, your, your department member that has offended you for the past six months, you still hold the person that don't marry because you will not forgive your spouse. In our house, if we have to account for the number of times that we sinned against each other, we'll be hitting like 70 times, <laughs> like Jesus said. But because we operate a kind of forgiveness like the blood of sprinkling, meaning that we have attached a place in our house where the blood sprinkles. We don't even ask God for, for we don't even ask ourselves for forgiveness. I will fear each other, we just go like that. It's mandatory that you forgive me. It's a duty that I forgive you. So, in many cases, the depth of your, your capacity to forgive will determine how long your marriage will still last. Because it's built on forgiveness. Our, the relationship that we have with God today is based on forgiveness. Yes or no? So you have to learn to forgive. If you do not learn how to forgive now, please start learning how to forgive. As a matter of fact, when you meet somebody and you're talking about love relationship, ask the person, can you forgive easily? How often do you forgive? What's your turnaround time when you get angry? Some people turnaround time can be, can be 16 weeks over the fact that you gave him one meat out of two meat. You gave, say, so you damn day you gave me one meat. I'm a man. I'm a man. You gave me one meat. And they are fighting since that day. The person just holding his heart. Only for the person to be acting funny and after all, what did I do? March 44, <laughs> 2021. The day COVID started. Ah! You did this, you did that. that. I mean, it's amazing people are like that. God forgive me. One late girl in my primary school, I just remember when I got born again, I left primary school without forgiving her. I, I stopped talking to her. I finished all the schools and I still did not see how to say, oh, I'm forgiving you. So I had to administer forgiveness from afar. I said, wherever our spirit is, I forgive you. I forgive you. I mean, is that bad that people can hold people at heart? If you come from a polygamous family, you'll be a master at this. Because your mother-in-law or your somebody's, I mean, your stepmother or stepdaughter or step somebody that I will have stepped on you. There's no way your stepson and your stepmother or stepfather will not step on you. So if you do not learn how to forgive, you will hold the person at heart. And if you do not, let me tell you, you will carry the same character into your marriage. You will not be different. It's the same thing. Somebody just usher, an usher asks you to sit down somewhere, and you hold the person at that next Sunday, just frown face. Just because somebody says, sit here, sit here. God forgive you in Jesus' name. So when you are dating somebody or your marriage, find the person's capacity to forgive another person. If he has not forgiven his mother, that I hurt him because the mother left the house when the father was struggling. And because of that, he's supporting his father. 
and he's holding, and he has not forgiven. I mean, forgiving is not reconciliation. Forgiving does not mean that you have to hold the person and you have to be going to market together. As a matter of fact, there's unforgiveness you do and you keep the person far from you who you are forgiven. Some people, you even forgive them from afar. They still come to tell you that, hey, I'm, I'm coming to your house tomorrow because of what I did. Say, no, don't bother, don't bother. I have forgiven you. For, you give the person forgiveness from afar because the person mustn't come close. If the person close to you has somebody in his heart he has not forgiven, let me tell you, when you cross his line like that, he will not forgive you as well. So look at the neighbor and say, forgive. The Bible says, be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. He said, if you forgive anyone, anything, I too forgive. Paul talking to the church in Corinthians. He said, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 10 to 11. And what have I forgiven? If I've forgiven anything, has been for your sake in your presence, and has gotten my approval as Christ, so to keep Satan from taking advantage of us, but we are not ignorant of his schemes and devices. Meaning that the moment you decide not to forgive others, you open the door for the devil. And let me tell you, Satan is willing to enter into homes. I can establish that, that if there's anything Satan is attacking more than anything is done. Because home is what will remain when everything is even finished. He started before the church. He will want to come into your house and make sure that somebody hurt to step on you and you not forgive. The moment you enter into unforgiveness, you enter into a spiritual climate that is different from God. Even Jesus said, your heavenly father will forgive you on how you forgive others. And let me tell you, the same measure you made is what will be meted to you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So meaning that if you have to hold the person for 15 months before you forgive him, <laughs> God is your strength. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So we must practice giving. We must always give. You can't say you love somebody and not give to the person. Give your time. Are you listening? Give your resources. Give your treasure. Give yourself. The man is even commanded to love his wife and gave himself as Christ gave himself. I mean, that's a standard that, I mean, nobody, no philosophy, nobody, no feminist can attain in all of their campaign. They can't. It has to be after that. And that's the goal that we have as man to love and to give ourselves. It begins with wanting, having three meats in the pot and taking one, asking your wife to take two. You are already giving yourself because you know that based on your own order of things, you should take two. But you have eaten, you just say you can have it. It starts with that. It starts with telling your spouse, you know that you really want to eat this food, but I mean, he can have it, she can have it, and let the person have it. It starts with that. If you do not learn how to give yourself to the other person, you will not be able to maintain a very sane atmosphere. And when you maintain an atmosphere where forgiveness is as easy as that, you have maintained the atmosphere of heaven. Because the only place where you have the blood of sprinkling, where forgiveness is maintained 24-7, is in Zion. The city of the living God. To the innumerable company of angels. To the church of the father. That's the place where you have the blood of sprinkling. Meaning that the blood is walking. There is no room. There is no place for sin. If anyone else, the blood walks. Once you are under that kind of atmosphere. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? So number four. In order to maintain the love in a relationship. Now I speak with reference to married people here. Is to walk in your ordained roles. There are ordained roles that God has given man and God has given a woman in every love relationship. And we must walk after that ordained roles. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 to 22 says, Submitting yourself one to another in the fear of God. Wife, submit yourself unto your own husband as unto the Lord. What did the Bible say? Wife, submit yourself unto your own husband as unto the Lord. Now, let me just make a little demarcation. Sometimes we lump 21 with 22. 21 and 22 is not the same thing because some women will now come and take 21 and say that he says submit yourself one to another. When he said submit yourself one to another, he was talking to the general church in the light of the new creation, whether it's your wife or it's not your wife, you have to submit one to another. Then when he talked to the church that submit yourself one to another, whether you are the pastor or you are the head of the department, you are the usher, then he now made some exclusive judgment in verse 22. He said, wife, submit yourself unto your own husband. Meaning that even in the hierarchy of submission, if somebody in the church asks you to do something as a woman, when you get up and your husband says do otherwise, you have to obey your husband. And that is why marriage is not for everybody. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Check verse 21 and verse 22. In verse 22, now say, wife, submit yourself unto your own husband. So all this, all this, you know, equality that you are fighting, even God supports equality. But when it comes to marriage, for order's sake and government's sake, one has to be the head. Just like you have President Buhari and you have Vice President Osibajo. 
It's not because Buhari has more right than Osibajo as human or even under the constitution, but because of the order of government, one person would have to take the center seat. If you do not follow that order, then you will not understand God. It's a structure. So, you know, outside the presidency, the moment President Buhari leaves presidency and Osibajo leaves the regime, they become the same. Nobody's number one citizen anymore. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That's how it works. So the man and the woman, they are equal anywhere. There is no discrimination. But within the context of the home, there is now an order. So it is your own husband, not every husband for crying out loud. It is to your own word, husband. Is somebody listening to me? Now he said in that is the role of the woman. Now Ephesians chapter 5, verse 24 to the verse said, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wife be subject to their own husband in everything. Husband, love your wife, wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself. That is the standard. Now, there will be no fear of submission if the men are really willing to give themselves to the wives. That is the order. So loving your spouse is not based on your standard or the standard you find on Instagram or what the dictionary says. God defines it. He defines the order. So if you are not willing to love your wife to the point where you can give yourself to your wife, then I do not think that there should be any obligation for submission. Totally, in all things. Because it will be aberration to submit to Christ, and Christ is not giving himself to us. It's an aberration. That is why he says, submit yourself unto one another in the fear of the Lord. There is, there is a reference point. It has to be in the fear of the Lord. So if somebody comes and asks you to do something that is outside the fear of the Lord, you have the right to object. Is somebody listen? So all submission must be done in the fear of the Lord and all, all loving must be done after the standard of word of Christ. And he already did it. We are not looking for what was the standard. He already did it. He gave himself. You celebrate I mean, Easter because somebody gave himself. He died. He suffered. Not just that he died. He suffered before he died. Praise the Lord. But when you see a man that is not willing to go all the length, suffer. I mean, when we were dating in those days of early loving, you know, teenage love is the, is the most consuming. Oh, when you start growing old, love is not as consuming as in your teenage age. Your innocence still adds to the fuel of the fire. I would escort somebody to the bus stop. From there, I would escort somebody to the Ojota that same day, escorting. Just say, you are going to school. Then I go to Ojota. From Ojota, I will enter the same bus to Adoikiti. Six hours journey. Then I will be returning. I will pass my mother's village. I will see not say hi. Love. Are you listening? It was a teenage love. But now my wife just tell me, can you take me to somewhere? Oh, go and drive. I mean, drive, 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 drive. I'm busy. You know, I have. Are you but in those days, you don't say no. She's making her. You are carrying the relaxer. You are the one. In those days. One day she was making there, and I was, and my mother looked at me, and all the girls around said, "Oh, this man is loving." He was a teenage love. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It's, <laughs> you know, if, if you didn't have it, please, God, God help you. It's very consuming. You, you will make mistake in that period, mistake that can shape your perspective for the rest of your life. I'm telling you. You will build your life around a castle. A girl that does not even know what our feelings. She says, I love you to the end of the earth. She, she will soon break. Once she enters school, she'll break. Because there's another guy. And let me tell you, all of you boys loving, let me tell you this now so that you can know the seasons of your life. A woman, when she's at secondary school level, see moving within your barracks, you know, estate, and all of that, will love you because of proximity. And the same thing applies to a man. There's a law based on proximity. We are always seeing each other. You wake up in the morning, they send you to go and buy Milo. They send her to go and buy Maggie. Both of you will now meet and buy Milo and Maggie at the same and you'll now be trekking home. There, your parents think you are not in a relationship. That window to buy Milo, you have finished Shakespeare. You are in love. So you return. I mean, I, we had a girl like that. She even came to help my neighbor. But man, when I get back from school like this, I'll bait every afternoon. I'll now jerry coin my hair, put powder. After coming back from school, I will return home just because. There's a woman in the a lady in the house that make my I mean she, she she was not the owner of the house, she just came to help them. Ma, me, the son of the landlord now that I her. My parents didn't know anything. They didn't know the reason I was looking neat. No, I was looking neat <laughs> just to make impression. See, I'm talking, it happened to most of us, yes or no? Yeah. Uh -huh. So it's not only me, don't say uh oh, pastor is Kana. We are all Kana. 
When it comes to law, we were all carnal. Yes or no? So, then something, something happened. It is where. But that's how love can be when you are growing up. It can be consuming. But it will not always be like that. It has to be driven by other principles. It's not what to say with me. Now look at what the Bible says to husband. He said, husband, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Bitter. I mean, Paul was explicit. Don't be bitter against your wife. Meaning that Paul knew that women will do things that will make you bitter. Oh, my beautiful wife oh, can make me bitter. Yes. <laughs> she will just, I mean, you will just, she will just do something. You just look at her like this. Ah. And, you know, in our house, we have free speech. So we can talk and say, oh, God, why did I marry you? Why did I marry you? <laughs> why did I marry you? It's not a secret thing. It's that over there. Ah. My wife like, ah. when you, you promise me that you're going to have a flat tummy, Just look at you. <laughs> Are you listening? So when you were growing up, I remember what, what I was saying. They will love you because of proximity. If you don't make advancement from being close, somebody's going to make a shift because love will move from proximity to prospect. Now, the boy has prospect. Now, it happens often when you are now maybe in school, you understand, you are now looking at somebody. I mean, what, your guy that you started running at Tasker that is not in school, maybe he's even in polytechnic. You are now in um, 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 uh, 300 level, and you are now thinking, there's another John that is into tech. You're not looking at the future. Your guy that was playing football for five years, he was looking for admission because he was playing football. <laughs> you, all of you loving guys that are moving forward, don't say they break your They will move from proximity to prospect. Now, if you stay around prospect too long, she will soon move to prosperity. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Say, the boy has prospect. He has prospect. It's a matter of time. If you don't convert it, it happened to us. <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, you are carrying the vision of God in your head. You know, I saw an angel. Forget it. An angel is not paying the baby. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, you must always be in the pursuit of converting your status from being close to prospect, then convert it to prosperity. The last one I will say is the number time. That's not my subject for today. So, give the husband most of, I mean, function within his ordained role to love and not to be bitter against his wife. Meaning that the scripture makes it very clear you do not have the right to be bitter against your wife. So if she offends you, make sure you resolve it. When people are in business and they have financial issues, they sit back and resolve. It's in marriage, people don't resolve things. They just make decisions based on that spot. People sit back and resolve. If there's a need for, to resolve things, yes or no, then they renegotiate. So number five, I've talked about Odero number four. Number five, flexible role play. You must be flexible at role playing in the house. See, this one that the man must be the one that will have to pay for everything is a lie. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Is a what? When we go to buy things, my wife has an ATM. I have my ATM. Sometimes we now say, take my own. In fact, when she's paying, if I don't offer my own, she will not collect. Are you listening? She will not collect. She will just pay with her own. Then she will ask me, you will transfer the money back. I mean, who will transfer money back? <laughs> Are you listening to what I'm saying? So there's a place of role play that you have to be flexible at. If you don't understand, it's all of you ladies who want you to marry and thinking that the man will have to provide everything. God will help you. If he has all of the money, good for you. But if he doesn't have all of the money, especially when he's just starting, maybe is he trying to learn how to code? Are you <laughs> and life is still cold. <laughs> so, praise the Lord. So you have to be flexible. And to be flexible, you must understand the principle of service. When you want to maintain love relationships, you must learn to serve one another. The way many of you act, everything you do, they do for you in church. The way you sit down, they will have to help you sit down. Say, sit down like this, sir. You serve nobody. It's possible you will not serve anybody. You will not serve your spouse. You are not used to serving people without getting paid. I mean, every time you want to do something, it has to be transactional. In marriage, you will do it without money. You will do it even when the person is not even appreciative. All this one that you, they have to appreciate you, they have to appreciate you. It's not true in marriage, though. Am I lying? Why is everyone cold? You will even give money sometimes. They will forget you have given money. Only you will remember you sent 5,000 five weeks ago. By the time you now remind her, the last time I sent you money, wait, only five weeks ago, oh, I thought I said thank you. Oh, thank you. Five weeks, you have lost that. You will kill yourself if you continue. Just learn that you will, do, you will serve. You will do things in, in the house. 
No, I mean, if the kitchen is dirty, I will go and tidy it up if I'm not comfortable with it. Are you listening to what I'm saying? There's no fixed role play. I can make the bed. She can make the bed. If nobody makes the bed, we sleep on the bed. As you lay your bed, so you lie on it. <laughs> role play, nobody. She, she, there's no way it is written that a man, she has to cook. If she cannot cook, if you can cook, you have the time. Cook. It is this lack of role play, I mean, flexible role play that you hear Instagram meme. Somebody say, wife is earning 5 million, husband is earning 100,000. Who should resign? Because they want to take care. Who should resign? I've resigned. <laughs> <laughs> I will just, I've resigned. I will look for something. We will take our 5 million to develop business. I say, on the walk from home, walk from home Saturday. <laughs> I will look after the kids. It's because you have this traditional Nigerian African thing. That's why you think that, I mean, you are, I mean, oh, God of Israel. 100,000 to 5 million, and you are contemplating who should resign. And you can imagine my in laws now coming, and my in laws now say, No, you, are, you have to be the head of the. I say, Mommy, be what? Be what? I'm the head. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we have to understand that you have to be flexible. You are not going to maintain um, a very sane atmosphere if you are not flexible in your marriage, in your role play. You have to be. If she can drive, maybe you are tired, she drives. It's not that all the time you have to, I mean, it has to be the man that will have to drive. I mean, my wife, for some reason, you know, we have to manage her very well. I have to help her open the gate. When I went, I said, I came inside. Normally, I would have stayed outside and said, where are you? Come out, come, come outside. But and I have to not go inside. And I said, I came inside in case you want to carry anything. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Because... If, if she's having headache, unnecessary headache and stuff like that, and you think she will still cook at that point, you want to kill her. So it's a very flexible thing, and it's not weighed on one side. It's on both sides. At times, I would just say, let me cook. Even though I've, I think I've done it once or twice, I say, let me cook. And because if I don't want to cook, and she doesn't have energy to cook, I just, eat, I just go to the fridge and combine things, and food is out. What do you want to eat? I'm okay, I'm okay. Is it being flexible? <laughs> Are you all oh, this one? I'm a man. I have to. All of you men that like okay, you want to eat a bar, or eat a gari all the time. You're on your own. No? May God give you wife that like to cook spaghetti only. You will learn. Praise the Lord. You will learn how to cook by yourself. So we have to be flexible. And this is where submitting to one another as believers is very key. You are first believers before your husband and wife. You must learn to submit to one another. Number six is a sense of accountability to one another. Sometimes when I go out and I don't tell my wife where I went, when I get back and she's, maybe she's even feeling cranky for something else, I will have you explaining. You know, when I went out, I first of all went to go to that place to do follow-up. I now went to church. I was now with Pastor Joshua. I now stayed with Pastor Joshua. When I was coming, I now met, I will now start explaining things, just being accountable. I can leave the house without telling her. She knows. When she, she, I take the key, I think, Lord, <laughs> I mean, you are going. I'm going. But when I get back, I'm not saying I met so so and so so person. I'm, it will save you from some temptation. The day you stop being accountable, temptation is waiting for you. Temptation does not start that day that they meet you on the street. It started because you don't give account of your whereabouts. So you have to be accountable. Are you listening to one another? Number seven, be selfless. Selfless means self, less of self. Selfless. Less of self. Unity happens between two or more people when there is less of selves in that community, in that relationship. <clears throat> you have to put the other person's interest always, you know, ahead of you. Let me tell you, if you put my interest above your own, I put my own above your own, we are balanced. It's equilibrium. We are balanced. Yes or no? So it's not a one-way thing. Somebody is selfless, the other person is selfish. And you know, this day, we, how, how, how do you take selfie? He said it's part of selfishness. Human being naturally will be selfish. And that is why when you take selfie and you want to upload status, you look for your face, the one that you are fine. If you take five pictures and your other ones are not fine there, but that one is the only one you are fine, you will not upload the other ones. Yes or no? Adire, yes or no? Yeah. I need, you always want to upload the one you are fine. So we should, we should practice selflessness right from now. Somebody is sitting there. I was, I was in a place, and then I saw an old man standing. I was sitting down. I was so uncomfortable. While I wanted to stand up, he now walked away. I was very uncomfortable. And somebody would say, no, it's your right to sit down. That's an old man. You, if you don't have that kind of spirit, I don't know what the spirit of Jesus is doing inside of you. You have to be selfless. And it starts not with your spouse. It starts with your neighbor. It starts with people around you. 
It starts even with your boss. It starts with your employee, employers. People who go and look after the welfare of others, they are the selfless ones. But those who always think me, myself, and I, they are the selfish one. Look at yourself, say, they are the selfish one. No, look at your neighbor, say, they are the selfish one. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to take this one more point, and I think we'll stop it. Maybe some other time when we'll have relationship. I think we should have relationships on this every month. Maybe I should just take this. Now, you have to keep the magic. Say magic. Now, because the magic will not always be there. Um, Mr. Shido had been married for like seven, going to eight years now. Am I right? Yes, about, yes, I think your anniversary is the last time. Now, he cannot tell me that every time in that relationship was like the first day they met. No, it will not be. That first day is the magic. That period, the initial gestation period is the magic. It may be difficult to keep the magic. Sometimes in my house, there's no magic. So they have, you have to just make sure that you keep the magic. It's an art. It does not just work because of chemistry. You must have to learn how to activate it so that you can be desirous of each other. I mean, you cannot be wearing perfume that is looking like a bokeh from the bush, all these headsmen in your house, and your wife doesn't like it. It will kill her sense of attraction. You wake up in the morning when you speak. It's like the sword of the mouth of Jesus killing the Antichrist. And your spouse is not the Antichrist. Sometimes, let me tell you, sometimes looking good for your spouse can trigger romance. Yes or no? So if you see me today now, and you see me uploading, and I'm Jimmy, I'm not doing it because of you. It's because I want to make somebody happy. And I told her one day, because a woman that learns to confront will not get results. A woman that learns to criticize a man will not get results. All the time you want to confront and say your mind, you will not get results. If you always want to criticize a man, and I told my wife when we were driving back, and we were looking at the subject of criticism, I said, do you know that if you tell me now to walk on my tummy and then look feet, I said, do you know I would do it without feeling condemned? Because you have accepted me the way I am. Because every man looks for acceptance. Whether he's tall or short, fat or thin, fine or look like brain, ugly or nothing. It's because man is looking for acceptance that is making him to wear a ring. A man who is already a man, now wears ring in his ear. What is he looking for? Acceptance. You don't know. <laughs> I mean, he now come and then, what is he looking for? <laughs> so, and I told her, I said, if you ask me to walk, I said, say it anyhow. I'm just going to, I mean, I'll be motivated to do it without feeling, feeling condemned. You know why? Because every time I use, I use my tummy to intimidate her in the room. Say, so my tummy is bigger than your own. I said, whether you like it or not, you are staying with this. <laughs> and then, I mean, no, no complaint. So if you see me hitting the gym, I'm doing it because of her, just because I want to keep some magic. It would be bad if I have bicep. Would it be bad? When? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying that because she has not criticized me. Are you listening? The way you have complained, criticized in your marriage, it will kill magic. It doesn't take long before feeling of love disappears within marriage. Because it's a place of responsibility. All those things, I love you, I love you, you are writing poem. I mean, I can write poem now. I've only written one poem to my wife, and that was before we married. To write, sit back now and be writing, you know, you are the skyscraper in Dubai that is in, in, in Abeokuta. There is no, it will not come. Inspiration has gone. While I'm thinking, I'm thinking of something else. I'm thinking of people that will not come to church on Sunday. I say, have you called those on so busy? <laughs> Are you listening? So, keep the magic. Keep the interest of each other and each other. Romance must always be maintained. I mean, don't let it die forever. Because you can be locked up in responsibilities that you start abandoning, you know, and enticing each other and looking good for each other. And then um, creating. I know the things that I would activate my I already know. Some of the things that would activate that. So if I put those into practice, you feel, I mean, I mean, he loves me, he loves me. A woman can easily forget you love. That's what they would say, do you love me? They can easily forget if you don't do the things that make for love, that they understand as love. If somebody listen to me. And a woman must understand that men are clueless. They don't really know so much about how to love their woman. And a woman thinks that the man should know. Sometimes my wife will tell me something. I say, I don't know. It is until she says that I will know those things. I will not hide it. Because I will not practice it then. If I practice it, then it will be as if she taught me. So I will now wait. 
Are you listening? Men are clueless. They don't really know. Some of you women, if they just touch your head, you feel love. Tell them, touch my head. They can't read your mind. They say that men read newspaper, not minds. I mean, you, honey, you don't love me. How do I love you, please? Just tell me. If your own is to be buying gift, just know that it's gift. Just when you go out, package the rice, put it in envelope, wrap it, wrap it, make it. I mean, jollof rice. When you see it, you have given something. So teach men how to. Men are largely clueless about how to love their women. And let me tell you, a man likes to be admired. And one of the reasons we do not show weakness is because we like to be admired. That's why we don't show some of our spouses we are weaknesses. We don't tell them when we are broke. We'd rather tell another girl to borrow us money. Are you with me? I mean, you must understand that he's afraid to show you his weakness because he wants to be your hero. Yes or no? That guy shook his head. Ah, that was how I messed up my relationship. I, I told her my balance. See, the day I told... There are, <laughs> there, are, there are times you don't tell your wife your balance. After we got married, my wife looked at me and said, Oh, he said, You deceived me. I said, I did not. <laughs> I just made sure that current recurrent expedition was intact. My balance, you didn't have access to my balance. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank God she's not here. Okay, let me just run through this. Be kind. If you're going to maintain the atmosphere of love, you must learn to show kindness. Don't be cruel to your spouse. I mean, the person has not eaten from money, even though the person is feeling sick and all that doesn't mean that, oh, I mean, if you're hungry, you go and eat. I mean, you have to be kind. In fact, it's part of the fruit of the spirit to be kind. And you must be kind to your spouse. Number 10, you must provide. I mean, that is finance. Number 11, you must be groomed. You must look well for each other. Please don't say because we've been married for so long and he knows me, I know him, and that is why you have to look like this. I mean, if your hair smells, I mean, it's a very bad thing. I'm not saying that will cancel love. It can create an atmosphere. Yes or no? Smell has a power to even create an atmosphere. You just avoid the person. And if you are not confident to tell the person how you are feeling, you just be avoiding the person. The person is talking to you. So, honey, when are we going to start planning? He said, okay, I can hear you, babe. I mean, you are moving away. If you can't say, you will move away. Yes or no? So, please, you owe everybody good smell. And I say this with all sense of responsibility. Please, you owe everybody good smell. And let me tell you, that everybody should be responsible for their own smell. Because if you don't respond for your own, somebody will be responsible for you. It's like when you enter a bus, all this conductor, by the time they raise their hand up that thing, you will see arrows, fiery darts of the enemy. So you... Praise the Lord. So lastly is spirituality. You must be spiritual to maintain very sanity and the atmosphere of love. You must be spiritual. Are you listening to me? You can't leave everything to chance. That is why the Bible said a three-fold cord cannot be easily broken. You must be spiritual. Especially we live in a world where if you don't have spiritual perspectives to the information around, you will soon be confused. I have found out that there is no longer moral ground or basis to train a child anymore outside religion. And I speak for Christianity. Because if you put it on moral ground, you discover that somebody's sense of morality is not the other person's sense of morality. I mean, the goals are shifting. The lines are fading. Somebody believes that at the age of 12, a child should be exposed to this. Another person believes that, no, at the age of 7, a child should be exposed to that and all of that. So if you are not spiritual to give perspective to the things in your environment, you will corrupt your own atmosphere in your house. There are things you must not even view. There are things you must not even see. All of you have been talking about this one, this one in your house. I mean, lucky babe and doggy and doggy lifestyle and the things that's happened on Instagram had pervaded your environment so much so that even the spirit is even thinking you are beckoning on him. But you have talked so much about it that a different spirit is being invited. Your house must be protected. Somebody told me, he said, I do not allow secular music in my, in my house anymore. I mean, it appeared very, very um, rigid and, and, and mundane and parochial. And this person knows, knows life. And he said, I don't allow it because there are no more lines to these things anymore. And I've told us that I don't care who write the laws of a nation. The people who write the lyrics of their songs influence people more. And that is why you will listen to a song without the ability to query because it comes with melody. It will go to the place where you, you will not query to the reasons of your being and stay there. And after the while, you'll be having utterance. Sometimes I'll be having utterance because when you look at this one, you hear, um, what's that song? If anybody mess up, hand in the air. I mean, I'll just be hearing the thing. The only thing I don't give it utterance. I mean, I mean, I don't give it. Don't you know that's utterance? That's how you. Are. How do we speak in tongues? 
I mean, you just be saying it in your heart and you say with your mouth, Lebaradosh Keba. That was how they spoke in tongues. They spoke in tongues as the Holy Ghost gave him utterance. It's not the Holy Ghost that is giving utterance. Even Black Sheriff is giving utterance today. Anybody has in the air, it's become the philosophy of others to mess up. When they mess up now, they will not say, if anybody has not done it. He's guiding, he's shaping. He's shaping. Hello? You are laughing. If your child adopts that philosophy, you will see. Let your child do anything. Say, Daddy, if you have not done your hands in the air. <laughs> and you, you cannot lay down. Say, why did you score 50 over 100? Your child will, because that music is shaping culture. It's shaping philosophy. We were all produced by sound. That is why if you hit anything, it will produce sound. Sound is in the matter. It will shape the culture, all the organs and the brains of your child will soon be acculturized if you expose them to those songs. And you will go to parties and you see 10-year-old, 8-year-old, the way they are whining and dying. Even me, I can't do it. I, the one that is worse, how they even do the leg. The small thing, I don't know. I died. I was still carrying slates. You think you're about to learn mathematics and English. But today it's all. If you don't protect, if you're not spiritual enough, you will not be able to read the meanings. You don't know the devil is hiding in the culture. You will not know. It appeared very normal, but your house will soon get contaminated if you allow it into your house. You must give direction. But you can't give direction if you are not spiritual. Spiritual, I'm not saying being in church. You can perceive and you can discern things. You can see when God is moving. You can see when the enemy is moving. There are times when somebody comes and says, that's the devil. He can come so quiet. It happens in some of those quotes that people put online. I say, that's the devil hiding behind that quote. Because if Satan will come, he will not tell you all lies. He will tell you half truth and half lies. Sometimes 90% truth, 10% lie. And that's corrupt already. A little living, live on the whole lump. It has to be truth all the way. You have to be spiritual. There are places you don't take your spouse to. There are things you don't expose your spouse to. Not because you don't want to enjoy life. You know that if I keep taking this person here, if I don't provide guidance, it will corrupt. It will corrupt. So spirituality helps your house. It brings God to the center of it. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It brings God to the center of it. Christ is the center. It determines the length and the breadth of your civilization. And that is one of the ways to maintain the sanity of your house. Now you must grow. How do you know you are growing? Paul said, when I was a child, I speak like a child. I think like a child. I talk like a child. He said, but when I grew up, I put away childless things. If in your marriage there are things you are not putting off, you are not growing. The sign that you are growing is that you are laying things away. You are putting things aside. The Bible says, everyone that bears fruit, whether the fruit of marriage, my father will prune so that they can bear more. That you are getting results now does not mean that you are accurate. That you are married now does not mean you are the best person. It means that you now stand the chance for the father to prune you so that you can become better at what you do. Somebody blessed already. I want us to ask the Lord for grace to get it right in this generation where everything is already pervaded, corrupt, corrupted. This generation, you put your hand on your chest and say, Father, I receive grace to live based on your standard. I receive grace to walk in your laws and in, in your tenets. I receive grace this morning, O Lord. I receive grace. Let's receive grace this morning as I call upon the name of the Lord. Receive grace. Ma barado zesco predida balande click the voz je predida lek lak brado zesco predida malando click the voz ja paradia ek lak the voz ke predida father we receive grace this morning we receive grace to be true husbands to be true wives in the name of Jesus we receive grace to build the relationship that we have we receive grace Lord we in the name of Jesus not to walk after the cost of this world after the spirit of disobedience the spirit that walks in the children of disobedience in the name of Jesus in Jesus precious name we pray. Everyone single here, I pray for you. God will help you. Amen. And the choice of life partner, God will help you. Amen. The mercy of God will not abandon you to make decisions all by yourself. Amen. But heaven will guide you. Heaven will help you. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Can we give our offering our tithe? Let us package our offering. If you want to send your tithe or offering, you can please send it to the account designated on, that is written on the envelope. Hallelujah. Please, if you have your offering and your tithe, can we lift it up? If you're also sending, please, can, we, can you lift your hands up? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the offering and the seed that we have to give and a tithe. We received it back, good measure, present, shaking together. Men give to our bosoms according to your word in the name of Jesus. 
And every titan, Lord, will receive open heavens. The devourers are rebuked for our sake according to your word. In the precious name of Jesus. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we give Africa, we listen to the following announcement. Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Do we have anybody worshiping us for the first time? Anybody worshiping us for the first time? Anybody? Please let's welcome them. Thank you for coming. Please kindly listen to the following announcement. Um, after the service, we're meeting with a pastor here at my right hand side. Every first time uh, we're meeting with a pastor here at my right hand side, we would like to meet with you.